Hello there. Uh, welcome to another episode of Heart to Heart. And today we have Shane from Ireland with us. Welcome, Shane. How are you today? I'm fine. Um, hi, Eileen. Hi. Hi. So when you're ready, do you want to tell us your story as to how you ended up with your diagnosis or what happened to you? Sure. Um, my story starts around the, the middle of, of 2020, um, really. I started to get episodes of what I thought was indigestion. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't entirely sure because I'd never never had indigestion before, but it was basically a, a strange sensation in my chest, um, a little a little heat, but, but never any pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't happen very often, maybe um, twice a month um, would last maybe 10 to 15 seconds. Um, and, you know, one or, once or twice when it happened, I'd feel like I needed to sit down, which kind of concerned me a bit. Um, right. But I still, I, I didn't think for a second that it was heart related or, or anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, because I was, you know, relatively fit. Um, didn't have any health problems that um, I, I was aware of, like 45 years old. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly, heart issues weren't the first kind of thing I thought of. Um, so I didn't I didn't go to the doctor at that stage because I didn't think there really was anything to, to you know, to be done. Yeah. I'd asked a couple of people who had indigestion and they said, oh, yeah, that sounds like indigestion. I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but then I suppose that the... the the big kind of um, or the first major incident happened um, on the 28th of December, 2020, mm-hmm. um, where I suppose it was it was just after Christmas. It was a, a cold morning. Um, I went out for a jog. I, I hadn't been like I'd like, like a lot of people that have probably eaten and, and drank to excess a little bit over the Christmas period. Yeah. And had, hadn't been jogging or exercising maybe for a week or two. So um, I knew it might be a bit of a struggle, but went out for a jog and really very soon after starting um i felt i felt the same kind of sensation but stronger this time and to the extent that i had to sit down on the ground mm. um i was actually raining at the time um i felt i couldn't again there was no pain right but i just felt that i couldn't keep walking yeah um so I, I sat down to kind of get my, um, just kind of gather myself. I mean, again, I, it, it's hard to describe it. I wasn't even short of breath, but I just knew there was something very, very wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel like kind of some I, kind of, sorry, did you feel some kind of like of weakness or no yeah, energy? Yeah, that's probably it, yeah. Yeah, that, I, I get that yeah. sometimes. It, it was just like, the, just the, I just knew that um, I couldn't keep, um walking i was going to fall down if i did and um, mm-hmm. so i sat down and then after a few minutes i was able to um i suppose get get back to the car um and and drive home it was a short very short drive home like i still didn't overly panic you know it wasn't like i i had my phone with me i didn't ring an ambulance right you know i, I probably still didn't think it was it was my heart mm-hmm. um I'm not sure what I thought it was um, looking back, but um, my wife drove me to the hospital then and I had obviously lots of tests and had uh, blood tests and 
high cholesterol was kind of when you know they told me that kind of fairly mm-hmm. uh, quickly that you know I, I did have high cholesterol which I and I'd known over the years it, it was marginally high but you know it was never I'd never been put on medication for it it has never right. been that high right um so can I just and, interrupt you again can I ask you how were you treated hmm. at the emergency department I mean, I think I, I was treated well, like um, they they did take it seriously, certainly. Um, they like they went, they did whatever tests they do, like did ECG, um, did the blood tests and they were about to let me go home. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I felt a lot better at that stage. And, you know, I wasn't sure what it was that had happened. And um, I was happy enough for them to let me home if that's what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but just before the 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 lady actually said the nurse had said to me that they're just waiting on one final test, but uh, you know we think you'll be going home. So I actually rang my wife and asked her to come and pick me up because I've been there a few hours. Mm-hmm. And then the result of that last test came back, which was the troponin test. Right. And she said, "Well, we can't let you go. There's something." Um, again, I didn't know what troponin was. That didn't mean anything to me. Um, at the time, but um, and I wish it still didn't. Unfortunately, I know a lot more about these things now than than, than I did before. But um, so she said, well, "We can't let you go. We have to do some more investigation." Okay, um, so the so sorry. I, the reason I asked you about this is because you might have been listening to other episodes in the podcast how women seem to have been dismissed as having anxiety, stress, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you said you were taken quite seriously. Yeah. Um, so you told yeah. them what you you were a bit you know, um, what was I said before, you had no real energy and you'd had some uh, pain, which you thought was indigestion. Is that what you told them? Well, yeah, and, and the kind of weakness and, you know, the fact that the fact that I had been running as well, I suppose they immediately were thinking that it was heart related. Okay. Um, and they, that's kind of what they were looking for, I suppose. But um, yeah, I mean, I certainly was taken seriously. I can't say that anybody ever said to me, look, it's in your mind or mm-hmm. it's um, nobody asked me about stress or anxiety or anything like that. Like it mm-hmm. was all connected to the run. That's what they were okay. um, looking at. Um, so what they did, I suppose I stayed in for a couple of nights then and they did an angiogram. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, there was a 40 percent um blockage in my right coronary artery okay which they described as kind of mild to moderate that kind Mm -hmm. of level yeah where you know certainly not enough to be doing a a stent or anything like that um just to you know to be treated with with medication and they put me then they put me on a a statin 40 milligrams um statin and an indigestion tablet Mm um and I suppose discharged me at that stage without ever really um, much of a conversation as to what they thought it was. Right. Um, you know, they said to go go to your GP. We'll send a report to your GP, and you know, you can talk to him about it. Mm-hmm. So I would have done that. Then um, a few days later, I went to my GP, and he had the the report from the hospital, mm-hmm. and it had it said NSTEMI. Okay. on it which you know he explained to me was a heart attack like which certainly those words were never used um when i was in the hospital and and obviously that was a big big shock to me Um, and but he said look at 
you know, there was a 40% blockage at the time they did the, the, the angiogram, but, you know, maybe there had been something more um, obstructive before that that caused the heart attack and then somehow cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all he could. He certainly never mentioned, you know, coronary spasm or anything like that. Right. Um, so that's kind of where, that's where that was left. Like, and, you know, I, I left that appointment then thinking I needed to, you know, eat, eat healthier and, and um, get fitter, um, even mm-hmm. though I was already quite fit. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of how it was left. So then two weeks later um, on the, excuse me, my voice, I'm actually, I'm just coming out of having had COVID. So oh, excuse yeah, my, uh, that. Yeah. My, uh, my voice is still not entirely uh, recovered, but on the 9th of January then um, in 2021, which would have been like less than two weeks later, mm-hmm. I had an episode at home mm-hmm. where I felt my, uh, the rhythm kind of change in my heart and then it just suddenly beat really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assumed, you know, I was on my own in the house at the time. I was sure it was a heart attack because I'd literally just been told I'd had a heart attack, you know, two weeks before that. Yeah. Um, so I did ring an ambulance this time and the, the ambulance guys obviously did the test that they do and told me that I, my heart was in atrial fibrillation, mm-hmm. um, which again, I had no idea what that was. It didn't mean anything to me. Um, they brought me to hospital and they gave me medication for several hours okay. and that, um, eventually my heart came back into, into rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed one night that time and uh, because it took them kind of most of the day and I think into the night really for the, the rhythm to return to normal. Um, so at that stage, they assumed then that that's what I had was atrial fibrillation and that, you know, somehow that was linked mm-hmm. to the first episode. So this was the diagnosis now. Mm. Um, and I was put on a beta blocker okay. in addition to the, the statin. But then after that, um, I suppose I was keeping a diary of episodes, as I call them, as, as they were happening. And I did notice that they started to happen much more frequently um, after that. Right. Like m- maybe it had been twice a week before that. And then suddenly it was kind of three times a day um, so and a when, little more severe. Right. So when you say episodes, what, what are you talking about? Some kind of pain or never pain like that's the thing i've never had a chest pain like it just kind of you know discomfort mm-hmm. um a little heat maybe like um but it's you know similar to the episodes that i'd had uh previously that i thought was indigestion mm-hmm. but i now suspect it wasn't because you know a couple of kind of major incidents had happened at this stage of course yeah um but still not what nothing like what i would associate with kind of cardiac pain mm-hmm um but then I suppose the major incident um and in a way the, the one I can tell you least about because I don't remember it um mm-hmm. and I wasn't I wouldn't have been aware of it was the cardiac arrest um happened then on the 25th of January goodness so that was another two weeks later um I suppose even that term cardiac arrest like um I had always thought that heart attack and cardiac arrest was the same thing pretty much Mm-hmm. But um, 
unfortunately I know now differently that like, you know, obviously a heart attack is very, um, very uh, serious, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a blockage, a uh, physical blockage in, in the arteries, but cardiac arrest is when your heart actually stops. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're not breathing. Um, yeah. Which happened um, out of the blue. Wow. I remember I was sitting in the, in the same seat I'm sitting in now. So uh-huh. um, hopefully that's not an omen, but um, yeah, really. I was on a call. I was on a, a work call um, and I just blacked out. Wow. Um, and the person I was talking to knew that, you know, something serious had happened, but they didn't know my address. Oh, no. So they couldn't ring an ambulance to, to tell them where to go. Yeah. Um, and what happened initially, I obviously basically f- fell onto the desk, but didn't didn't actually fall off the chair. So my wife was in the next room, but she didn't know oh. um, for, for the first minute or so. Um, she didn't even know what was happening. Uh-huh. Um, I then eventually obviously fell off the chair um, and that's what alerted her to something was wrong so she came running in then and started CPR like obviously didn't for a few minutes realize what what was going on like but mm-hmm. um she did um start CPR I have two kids they were what 12 and 8 at the time they ran out into the street to try and get somebody's attention oh that must have been um, so scary for everyone yeah I mean that's the in some ways I don't have the trauma because I didn't see it but mm-hmm. um, they have they have very uh, serious trauma. Obviously, the kids as well. Yeah. Um, from that that experience. But I was lucky in a way, like obviously unlucky for it to happen. But um, two neighbors came in then who you know were able to do the CPR. Mm-hmm. Um, un- until the the ambulance came, I had another neighbor who's a nurse who went um, went and got a defibrillator and you know used that three times. Um, oh gosh. And that started started my heart again. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a a cardiac um, some kind of cardiac expert uh, was giving training um, in, a, in a nearby army base um, and you know again there was another bit of luck that he happened to be there and somebody rang him and he came and took over the scene mm-hmm. um, here at the house like and he basically set up an ICU out on the street like there were, all the roads were blocked off in the estate Um Wow. With guards and fire engines and everything, like so, everyone got it since, like, but um, that um, that I mean, I was very lucky, obviously, yeah, um, in terms of the, the treatment I got, um, and the people that were around, yeah, absolutely, um, on the day. So, then look, the first I knew of it was being woken up in from a coma three days later, being mm-hmm. woken up. And being told that you've had a cardiac arrest. Wow. Which like was a surprise. <laughs> you know, you, you might <laughs> I can say, imagine. Uh, I know. Uh, um and then I, I spent three weeks um in hospital in total at that stage. So that I mean that is about a year ago. That brings us up into mid February um last year. So it, this is around a year anniversary of all these events wow. pretty much now. So did they find out what caused the cardiac arrest? I mean, you said you've got a 40% blockage. Was that the cause of it or something else? Yeah, this was the thing. Like, that was the scariest thing is that 
really when I did wake up and you know got to talk to the doctors they didn't know what caused it like and up to kind of 10 days after the cardiac arrest they didn't know um what, okay. what, what had happened and they had said to me more or less straight away that you know you're not leaving here without uh, an ICD an internal defibrillator like when mm-hmm. when you've had an, an unexplained cardiac arrest like that's you're not going to be leaving hospital without that mm-hmm. um but then what was ha- what happened was I remember it was a, a Sunday morning and there was a, there was an elderly um um not a doctor a, a consultant um that was doing his rounds and he was chatting to me and I was trying to explain to him as I had several times trying to explain to 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 doctors like this kind of sensation or this episode that I've been getting before the cardiac arrest mm-hmm. and then I said to him it started to happen as I was talking to him. I said, look, it's happening now. So he got me on an ECG and he could see, he said, that's a spasm. That's a coronary artery spasm. I know what I've seen that before. I know what that is like. So that's kind of how I was diagnosed that it happened to be happening while the right person was, was standing in front of me. That's good. Um, So then kind of the, the, I suppose they, they then knew what they were going to do with me. Like they probably hadn't Mm -hmm. been entirely sure before that, but, um, they did. I had another angiogram, you know, as part of the tests that time anyway, to, to see had anything changed in terms of the 40% blockage. Mm-hmm. And what they decided to do was to actually stent that blockage, okay. even though it was only 40%. Yeah. This is to kind of prevent any further spasms in that area. Um, they, they put a reinforced stent in. Okay. And they would have, they fitted the ICD then as well before. And um, before I left the, the, the hospital. Wow. So that's I was put on the the, the usual, I suppose, cocktail of uh, medications for coronary artery spasm, Prince mm-hmm. Nettle, angina, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, it's got a variety of names. So right was, yeah, exactly. So there was calcium that he immediately said that consultants, as soon as he saw that, he said, stop the block, we have to stop the he kind of said, you've got to stop taking that straight away. Like, cause he knew that, um, and I know now since the beta blocker is, is very much contraindicated, um, for coronary spasm or it can exacerbate mm-hmm. the problem, which seemed to be happening with me. So you know, you, looking sorry, back, as I said, so going back again, he told you to stop the beta blockers. Yeah. So they, okay. he switched to calcium channel blockers okay. straight away. Okay. Um, with nitrates. And I think aspirin, I was mm-hmm. already on the statin, so they, they kept that. Mm-hmm. Um, so can I so ask that, you, that was, sorry, can I ask you as well, um, is there a history of heart disease in your family? Not, nothing of this type. Like I, my my mother's, um, on my mother's side, a lot of my uncles had, had is, have had issues with, you know, bypasses mm-hmm. and uh, stents like so it would have been uh and kind of you know at, at a young enough age in their 50s maybe like but that would have been more kind of you suppose coronary artery disease rather than mm-hmm. spasm like this it wasn't ever any mention of spasm or anything like that right um yeah it just seems like you know there's a history of um heart disease in my family my dad had stable angina and his okay three brothers and sister all had something as well in fact the majority of them had bypasses. But it's interesting, though, that you said you've got a 40% blockage 
I've got a 50% blockage in the first diagonal artery. I mean, touch wood, everything's still okay with the, as you say, the cocktail of drugs. But it's amazing though that, you know, you've had no real issues before and then suddenly you've had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. Yeah, and they, like, certainly they would say that it isn't, it's, that that was caused by the coronary artery spasm, the cardiac arrest, not, mm-hmm. not um, not by the a forty percent blockage. Like um, that's certainly what, like it's very very rare that mm-hmm. um, again from my reading that that um, coronary artery spasm can lead to cardiac arrest, but it can happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, but particularly with taking beta blockers um, mm-hmm. and them kind of exacerbating the the situation, that's likely to be what happened. Right, fair uh, enough. And in fact, I have had, you know, very few issues um, in the year now since. Okay. Um, and since being on the, the the proper medication. That's good. I haven't good. We haven't had um, you know repeated those type of episodes. Mm-hmm. No, that's good to hear. Yeah, because I mean, as I say, it must have been really scary for your family. But then you waking up to find out you'd had a cardiac arrest that must have been kind of like what what the what happened what the heck kind of thing you know yeah i mean even as i'm telling the story now it feels like i'm talking about somebody else like it's just so surreal the, the mm-hmm. that conversation i remember i'll never forget that conversation like and i suppose waking up from a coma i kind of was quite dozy anyway so i certainly thought i dreamt it um, and <laughs> right. it couldn't be true um but unfortunately it was i know i know but so what did you think then about the situation when you've been told that you'd had a cardiac arrest well i certainly um i thought i was waiting for it to happen again to be quite honest like mm-hmm. um i particularly when i knew um you know a week after the cardiac arrest that they didn't know what had happened yeah the only comfort was that I was in a hospital. So if something happened, I was in the right place. But True. I certainly had no no kind of confidence that it wasn't going to happen again. Yeah. Because it, I had no explanation for why it happened in the first place. Mm-hmm. And you say you're feeling okay now. And are you eating more healthy, still running, trying to keep fit, etc.? Yeah, I'm not running. That's the fun. Like, I suppose, look, I've been completely scared off uh, mm-hmm. running. Now, I walk... Um, I'm doing kind of 10,000 steps a day. I play mm. golf. Okay. You know, I'm working full time. I'm back. Like I'm back doing everything I did before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously I'm, I'm eating healthier, healthier, but I was eating quite healthy at the time. Like I, I don't think that was necessarily related to mm-hmm. um, what happened. Um, so, yeah, it's look, I've been I've read an awful lot. Like I am that type now. I'd like to kind of read up on what what it is that you know and read up a, a, the latest research on yeah um coronary artery spasm so i um i mean we're on the same facebook group like i would every evening i'd, I'd examine all the, the kind of messages on that and um any kind of references to research or things like that um, and i read an awful lot about the condition yeah and were you aware of coronary artery spasm before this happened no. or transmetal angina or vasospasm or any kind of name that we have no and not only was i not aware like it, it, my consultant now kind of admits that he's only seen it um maybe less than 10 times in his career and you mm-hmm. know he's quite a, 
a senior guy like that it's very rare yeah uh, and it's even more rare as he says to meet somebody who's had a cardiac who survived a cardiac arrest yeah. um, due to it like so um it's yeah, i mean it was quite a violent introduction to the condition you know because absolutely i do read on the facebook group about people who've had it for a very long time and yeah and i know they a lot of them suffer greatly but cardiac arrest isn't necessarily something that you expect no absolutely not although in saying that my one cardiologist i had before kept on saying to me oh you won't have a heart attack and i kept on thinking well mm. my father died of a heart attack so <laughs> it can't happen um yeah and I think that's the thing. It's like um, I didn't that one cardiologist. I didn't really have a lot of faith in because he said, "Oh, it wouldn't happen." And then I know of different people, you included now, um, who have had cardiac arrests or heart attacks because of coronary artery spasms. So you know, mm-hmm. I should send this. I should send this podcast to that <laughs> cardiologist. Go see. Someone else had a cardiac There you go, yeah. <laughs> he can ring me if he wants. Well, it'll be a long distance call. He lives in Hong Kong. <laughs> as long as he's paying it, it's fine. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, listen, it's been really good talking to you, Shane, and I really appreciate you coming on and telling us your story. And I'm glad that you're doing better. And that, as you say, it was kind of a violent introduction to coronary artery spasm most of us have just had you know episodes where we just get the chest pain and whatnot but you didn't even seem to have that no. so yeah so it, was, it just felt yeah, more that, like so it just felt more like heartburn yeah and that's what like you know again reading other people's experience of the condition i'm certainly glad i don't get the pain but mm-hmm. in some ways pain it does serve a purpose in that it gives you a warning true but I didn't get that warning. Um, so, you know, even on the day of the cardiac arrest, if I had had a GTN spray or anything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had time to take it because no. I didn't get any warning, you know. So that's true. It just shows how, how serious an unpredictable condition it can be. Well, that's what we're always trying to make people aware of. It is the silent killer, you know. And yeah. some doctors, you know, you just found out you're, a cardiologist said he'd only seen like 10 in his lifetime at least he's seen it a lot of people haven't really you know cardiologists haven't really experienced it or known about it and some don't even know what prince metal angina is and by the way a very important thing i meant to say you know is that he told me if i had died during that cardiac arrest they would never have known what caused it because so who knows how many times that's happened that people with undiagnosed uh-huh. coronary artery spasm have, you know, if it causes a cardiac arrest and, you know, you haven't been diagnosed before that, like there's uh-huh. no trace once, once it happens and then releases, there is no trace of it. So wow. he actually said, that, you know, it's suspected that it could be involved in a lot of kind of um, sudden cardiac uh, or sudden cardiac arrest, sudden adult death, mm-hmm. um, but it just doesn't leave any trace. So, you know, it's yeah. impossible to, to confirm. Well, that's when my father died of a sudden cardiac death, cardiac arrest, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it, it just it just happened. Um, just like you, it just happened. You just, boom, that was it, gone. However, um, glad that you're okay. I'm glad that you're getting over COVID again. Thank you for coming on for that. Thank you. 
Oh, so, well, is there anything else you want to add before we end our episode, today's episode? No, I think that's it. Like, the, just at that point I made about, um, you know, the, the if I if I hadn't survived, that it, it wouldn't have been yeah. um, diagnosed. That's just something that struck me at the very end there. But, oh, no, look, I think I'm, I'm, I'm happy enough. Um, I've told my story apart from that. Well, thank you for coming on. I really do appreciate you coming on and telling us. And I hope perhaps you'll come on again to, um, you know, make sure, just share any other stories that you might have, because I'm thinking that I might have a, uh, a podcast reunion with people that have been on so we can all share our stories together at some point. Great, sure, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, Shane. Really appreciate you coming on. And um, I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye now. Bye now.